Hi, everyone, and welcome to Human Centered. I'm Nick Brunker, a group director of experience strategy at VML YNR and your host for the show. Thanks for giving us a listen. In the experience era, customers have developed a heightened sense of awareness about how they're being treated by brands they engage with and what value really looks like to them. As younger generations especially prioritize experiences over things, the concept of loyalty and CX are merging in a really interesting and fundamental way. Our guest today is going to tell us why, for CX leaders especially, building an emotional connection with the people they serve is no longer a nice to have, but rather an imperative. I'm so pleased to welcome in and excited to be here with one of my favorites at VML YNR. He's a managing director of Experience Strategy, Adam Troyak. Adam, welcome. Hey, Nick. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, doing really well, and I'm so thankful that uh, you were able to carve out a few minutes of your, your busy day to chat with us. We'll jump into all things loyalty in just a sec, but first, give us a quick intro about you and your background in the space. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm an experienced strategist. I've been with the agency for about five years, or going on five years, and my career has been um, a really kind of touched a lot of different uh, spaces within within our field. I've spent time at, uh, thinking about brand strategy and brand planning, uh, experiential strategy, commerce and digital strategy, and um, and loyalty strategy. And, and so like, as I look back and how our space has just merged and changed and evolved, you know, all of, all of that has really come to uh, play a really great role when you think about h- how do you connect and build relevance with consumers. Um, and, and it's been a, such a, a great, exciting uh, space to play in. And I think just, you know, see, seeing that transformation over the years of chasing kind of that that elusive, like, uh, relevance KPI that brands are always trying to get, it's um, thinking about loyalty and the evolution there is is really exciting. Yeah, and it's definitely a time where it's shifting, uh, and it's shifting in a big way. And we talk about those those changes, and we've we've even referenced the CX scores. Forrester obviously comes out uh, just around this time of year. Actually, we're recording this in May. Uh, usually, it's right around the middle of the summer where we get uh, the CX index scores. And what we saw last year, we'd be interested to see what this year in 2023 uh, brings us, that things are kind of flat. Uh, there was a lot of stagnation uh, across brands of multiple industries in relation to their CX scores. And it feels like there's a stagnation in the loyalty space as well. Uh, why do you think that is? You know, I mean, I think increasingly uh, we see kind of these off-the-shelf pl- loyalty platforms. They're not they're not working maybe as hard as they used to. Um you know, and and there's just kind of a fundamental disconnect that 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 we see. That, that there's some really great stats around how 73% of consumers believe that loyalty programs should be a way for the brand to show loyalty to the customer. But when you when you talk to marketers, 63% of them see the reverse. They see mm-hmm. that loyalty programs are really a way for the customer to show their loyalty to the brand. And so there's just this like undeniable tension in those two numbers, right, Nick? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's this idea that, you know, relationships are emotional, but like the way that we've tried to um, have relationships with customers are very points and tiers driven, which is that that's very transactional. And so, you know, as a result, I think the way that traditional loyalty programs have been put together um, are becoming less and less uh, effective, right? We see customers starting to become almost cynical and numb to 
these unreachable tiers, uh, more of the one size fits all reward type schemes that, that are out there. Um, there's a lot of uh, points fatigue, especially when points expire yeah. or confuse and redemption. And, and so um, that really has folks looking at their programs in, in new lights. And, and when you break it down, um, a, a lot of the programs that are out there, they, they, they lack emotion. And, and emotion is the key word. Uh, that really keeps engagement high and engagement up. And so um, as a result, folks are, are looking at their programs to figure out how can they inject emotion into a program to make it worthwhile for uh, customers to engage. And what I thought is interesting about the premise of it's not just about points. I think what what you and I have talked about you know, off the podcast is – going beyond that points and tier structure. It's not that points don't have a place, but I think the point that, exactly. that you've made a lot is it, it, stuff alone is no longer enough. And the data seems to, to back that up, right? It, it's got to be part of the equation, but it can't be the only equation. And so as folks are, are rethinking that value exchange, they're starting to look at different membership propositions uh, with different, uh, in a, with redefining value in a different way. And so I think when you when you think of that word uh, value, a lot of programs are built around kind of one definition of that, which is like mm -hmm. the definition of worth, right? So is it valuable to me? That's really price and savings. And I, that's what I'm saying is, is, is the table stakes. And most programs kind of start and stop there. But when you look at uh, uh, other terms for for value, like usefulness, Right. So is it useful to me? Is there day to day utility? Um, there's a lot of emotion built up in that day to day utility of of your engagement with a customer. Mm -hmm. And then finally, that other that other definition around value of special. Right. Is it unique to the individual? Is it exclusive? There's emotion built built up that, uh, in that definition as well. And so when we think about how do we add value that kind of triangle of worth usefulness and special really are the three that we're trying to hit on and come together in, in an emotional way that connects and resonates with customers you know a build on that that i think resonates with me is and for those that have listened to the show long enough they've heard me talk about value-centered design and the idea of you know desirability feasibility and viability and how there's a tension between those three circles that kind of come together in a venn diagram approach and and there's always kind of given give and take on something can be really desirable but it also has to kind of be in the realm of you know viable for the business and so there's this tension and obviously the the ability to go build it from a feasibility side do you see and this is kind of a a a framework um, analogy to how you just kind of teed up the triangle of of being worth it and useful and unique. Do you get a sense that brands and leaders are wrestling with that tension of, well, how much do I need to lean into worth versus utility versus uniqueness? Do you feel that same tension applying as you you talk to brands about loyalty in their their worlds? Yeah, you know, I think they're they're leaning in and testing it in different ways and, and trying different models and and thinking of, of loyalty uh, not just as a kind of a transactional lever that they pull that traditionally has kind of sat at the bottom of, of the mm -hmm. funnel they're they're starting to think about it more as an emotional brand building opportunity to create exclusivity and experiences and utility that is that are much more emotional 
And so we see brands doing it in, in big ways and small ways and um, blowing up their programs or just kind of adding to their program. So folks are folks are really testing and learning. And, and you know, there, there's always been some folks who've been out ahead of it. You know, I think about Sephora and some of the unique in-store experiences that they gave to members um, really, really are immersive and really are emotional and build those emotional bonds. And so, so it, while it's been around, we're seeing much more intent from a brand building perspective to like lean in and 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 develop that that emotional engagement, that usefulness and exclusivity in a much more immersive way. Mm -hmm. And I think the other part that that gets into um, the immersion of of a brand experience met with a good customer experience. It, it comes back to sometimes as simple as nomenclature. When somebody talks about a loyalty program or loyalty within an organization, it feels like it can easily get conflated with things that maybe it shouldn't. And it can start to cause confusion, not only for customers, but but within the organization itself as leaders are trying to wrestle with, well, what does that actually mean for me and my department or my organization in totality? Tell us more about that struggle. Yeah, you know, I think traditionally loyalty uh, marketers have kind of sat off to the corner on their own and have, you know, been tasked with and charged with coming up with tiers and value structures and, and points. And, you know, we live and are immersed in the whole kind of CX experience world and, and realize that no longer can those teams kind of sit on different sides of the building, right? When you're thinking about your ecosystem, when you're thinking about your your value prop, when you're thinking about um, how customers move uh, throughout it, um, you you got to bring those uh, those loyalty teams together with those, those CX professionals and even with those brand building uh, creatives to to uh, create that value that um, and that exclusivity and that that specialness that that makes it all seamless and so you know we kind of we we kind of talk a lot about this idea of like loyalty is driving CX and CX is driving loyalty. And, and, you know, more and more brands are embedding those CX initiatives into loyalty life cycles while at the same time bringing those siloed teams together, um, mm -hmm. really like with the potential of, of chasing that zero party data. So, you know, when I think about folks who've done it really well, they've got that brand building emotion with that customer ecosystem experience and that member exclusivity really to bring this kind of higher level of value when that customer engages. And so, you know, this kind of idea around member experience, it's really starting to become a fundamental disruptive force that's shaping loyalty because, like I said, it brings customer experience, brand building and loyalty together to create new value for customers. And you've started to coin the term internally and I think externally as well as as experiential loyalty. And when we think about VML YNR uh, and the idea that, and our belief that the experience is the brand, it, it feels like those things are are in, in constant unison. Experiential loyalty is kind of what you've been describing. Unpack that term for us and what do you, what you believe that entails. Yeah, so, so the way that we talk about it, right? Experiential loyalty is, is really um, valuable, useful, and unique experiences that create emotional connection and new value for customers delivered through a member ecosystem that's supercharged with loyalty currency, right? So, so when I break down experiential loyalty, 
it really requires bringing that loyalty marketers, those brand builders, and those CX pros together to build new value for customers by connecting the experiences, the products, and the services with the emotion, the exclusivity, and the interoperability, right? So, so this experiential loyalty, um, it's not replacing what, what I think traditionally has been transactional loyalty, it's adding onto, onto it in, in a new way. And, um, you know, the, the way that folks are thinking about it is they start to shift uh, the value that they offer, right? So they go from transactional, like why, why customers buy products, uh, the value that the product brings, which really is, is not very relationship driven, to more of a relational uh, mindset where it's, you know, why customers would stay within your ecosystem, um, what the, the lifetime value is. It's much a much more sustained relationship. Um, and so they move from thinking about like loyalty as a way for customers to uh, show loyalty that they optimized uh, to sell to um, thinking about them as members that, that they can provide deeper value um, and it's more optimized for them, to, for customers to belong. Um, and then finally, you know, it, it's more, it, it's more of uh, less rational, where like customers get things in a singular moment, and it's much more emotional, where we're creating bonds and we're creating many experiences. And so, all of this is coming together uh, in a really exciting way. Um, you know, a, a lot of it is really coming to the surface because of what technology is unlocking. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of this is blurring that IRL URL world. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can take advantage of uh, some of the merging tech uh, to make it a lot more seamless and emotional and engaging in the moment. Uh, so we see brands uh, really leaning in and testing and learning around AR, VR, what Web3 can do, um, you know, even blockchain and some of the digital wallets, all of this tech is is being um, kind of thrown into loyalty and test. Uh, brands are testing and learning uh, how to use them in a way to engage and provide value and provide the emotion that's needed for for brands to stay within the ecosystem. And the thing about this, the last thing you said around the IRL URL piece of the puzzle, there is also that tension of customers being hyper aware more than ever of how brands are using their data. And then conversely, I know uh, one of our other uh, CX leaders within the organization, Jason Gajkowski, has, has been talking a lot about you know data ethics. And, and um, Yamada, who was on with us a, a few shows ago, said kind of the same thing, like that's the next frontier, you know, being able to to bring in the data in order to bridge IRL and URL to use those those acronyms as examples again. Um, that's not an easy task because now it goes back to your same you know macro point about emotion. You got to make sure that you're you're hitting the right heartstrings, but you're also being true to you know customers' fear or apprehension around how their data is being used because they want personalization, they want relevancy, but perhaps at a, a cost that that limits potentially the types of data brands can actually use to serve those experiences. It, it really is a, a very interesting tension that, that brands have to wrestle with. Well, well, it is. And I think, you know, what's interesting about the, about the data piece is that, you know, I think the promise of, of Web 2 uh, 
and some of the loyalty programs were, you know, give us your data and we're going to personalize the loyalty experience. But like really all that got personalized was, you know, some customized offers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, um, you know, as, as we think, as we work with clients to talk about their ecosystem and how that their ecosystem matures and the value exchange that happens within the ecosystem for, for their customers, you know, um, the, the tech that's coming in line is going to empower, uh, customers to own their data in new ways. And, you know, I'll, I will decide who, where, who gets my data based on the interesting things and the personalized things they're going to do with that data and serve back to me as a member. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I'm, I will be glad to stay within uh, a brand's ecosystem if they're doing really smart things with my data and, and you know, building that exclusivity, building that emotion, uh, providing that, that day-to-day utility. And I think that's what brands are, are really having to wrap their, their head around is what is the value exchange our ecosystem can offer and how can we inject some emotion into that? So... You know, it's not, a, it's not a tier with some with some uh, generic offers uh, and the kind of the the, tr- the the treadmill of trying to always do that, like dangle the carrot in order for a customer to make a purchase. Um, so I'm really excited about the potential of of how um, loyalty and experiential loyalty is evolving, um, what that means for for brands. Um, you know, seeing seen some brands really push things. You know, I think uh, Starbucks Odyssey uh, um, experiment that they're doing right now around loyalty is really interesting to watch. They, they've basically taken their traditional transactional um, loyalty program and added on a whole a digital experiential um, kind of Web3 community uh, piece to it. So hmm. Um, you know, they're doing some really interesting things. I think what Nike and, and Dot Swoosh is doing around um, community is really interesting. You know, we're seeing we're seeing brands really um, think about consumers in a new way. They're, they're, they're really letting them lead. They're like creating spaces for consumers to kind of consume, shape, share and even profit, which I think starts to unlock some really interesting um, new relationships that brands can have with, with consumers. And it's no doubt that there are a lot of marketers out there, leaders at the higher levels uh, that are are looking to overhaul their loyalty program. A stat that you had shared with me was that, you know, over, over 70% of uh, pushing 75% of marketing VPs are either actively undertaking or considering a complete overhaul of their loyalty program. What are some things that those leaders can do to get started on that transformation and do it in a way that's going to be more towards that experiential loyalty that you talked about? Yeah, you know, it really starts with thinking about the value exchange and thinking about the 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 why behind your program um, and and really doing the hard work of understanding um, why would someone come spend time with us. Um, how can we treat them like a member? What's an emotionally engaging way for us to provide value to you know whatever whatever offering we have? And, and as you think about uh, standing that up, you know a lot of times we just apply some very foundational CX process and CX frameworks in order to unlock those types of things. We think about 
um, foundational journeys uh, and unmet needs and uh, mm-hmm. and and really um, try to think uh, from a human perspective uh, what are what are the needs that we can fill that we can uniquely fill and and, and that helps you go from you know, be more solution focused, which limits your ability to go beyond kind of the current uh, current solution or capability to being customer focused and, and focusing on wh- uh, what needs uh, to be achieved over defined uh, products and solutions. And that's where you unlock the value prop. And and so you unlock the value prop and you uh, think about the member model. Um, you create some foundational journeys around real big pillars that that you want to play in uh and then you start testing and learning and you know um it's not uh blow everything up and walk away from uh your program it's more of what can we add on to our program and continue to evolve from and so we're kind of in this moment where when i think about transactional loyalty and experiential loyalty. Most of the programs are transactional based, right? So they're rewarding you for for transacting within their ecosystem. Uh, and that's great and fine. And 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 we can should continue to to evolve that because I think like I said, that's that feels very like cost of entry for any program. Um, but then you should start to think about what are the experiential ways uh, that we can start to add value, that we can inject emotion uh, that we can uh, test and learn around exclusivity uh, and use it uh, more of a, a brand building emotional tool as opposed to kind of a just a transactional tool. And I think, you know, get in and start playing with the tech, you know, think about how you can take advantage of community, you know, different types of communities. How could you empower them uh, and reward them? And, you know, that will unlock new new products, new services, new revenue streams. Um, it's, it seems like the, the whole space is really open right now to to relooking engagement and relooking transaction and looking um, how they how they build that kind of customer lifetime value. What seemed to come out of of that last answer was an interesting tie back to the same premise that we've we've mentioned a lot on this program, which is CX isn't a, a department and. Frankly, it, it goes beyond more than just a practice, although I think every organization is starting to get more mature in that space or at least make strides to be. It, it is actually a way of going to serve your people. It's a, it's a, um, a skill set. And so I, I think what, yeah. what is interesting about how you were kind of pulling all those pieces together, it, it almost feels like it's the same type of a scenario where you can't necessarily just have a loyalty department or a loyalty yeah. practice. It actually has to be baked into uh, the way that the organization is structurally set up. Even from a technical perspective, all these these pipes have to be connected in order to deliver on some of the things you're saying. So as you think through you know, delivering experiential loyalty at scale, it, it feels like it's going to be almost a necessity to be able to bring together organizations that um, within an organization, departments within the org, that perhaps were kind of living intentionally or unintentionally in silos, like CX pros and brand mm-hmm. creators and marketers uh, and totally. loyalty people to, to unlock the value. Talk about the importance that you see in making the, you know, if you are transforming your loyalty program to be something that that isn't necessarily just a piece of the puzzle, but it actually is the entire puzzle put together. 
Yeah, in many ways for me, I feel like member experience is the great unifier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is the reason to write uh, or ha- have the brand people in the room with the CX people and, and the loyalty people around a really good conversation of like, what value can we bring, right? If you want to play in a particular space with a particular audience, like let's understand those unmet needs around a foundational journey. And then let's start to unpack what value we could bring uh, to those foundational journeys. And I do think it takes kind of all of those disciplines coming together in, in, a, in a structured way to solve those problems and you and uh, and learn from it and and build and iterate on it. So you know it doesn't you don't have to create the most mature over the top ecosystem with new products and services. You just have to start to add this stuff into existing uh, member models and 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 test and learn and push and push tech and, and evolve it. And so I do see it as as I see member experience as really kind of the thing that that brings a lot of, of the different kind of siloed groups within just marketing in general together around some kind of structure. And and the structure, to your point, that that grounds a lot of it is just some of the human-centered thinking, some of the foundational journey mapping, and, and kind of that unmet need and uh, uh, white space opportunity identification that is so foundational to CX. As you make a business case for this, I think every leader has to kind of go in and be able to sell the reason why this is going to make sense. The great news is that you tie it back to emotion and you talk about emotion and how that drives loyalty. It also drives business value. And and the data is pretty clear and getting more clear by the day on if you do this right and you hinge everything around the emotional connection with the brand – there are dollars to be made on, on both sides of the equation, whether it be strictly revenue or if it's overall value. Talk about some of those statistics and, and data points that, uh, you know, people that are thinking, OK, I, I'm buying what you're selling, but how do I make the business case to, to my leadership? Well, you know, there's a there's an interesting uh, Motista study that found, you know, customers with a higher brand affinity or emotional connection with a brand spend up to two times more or have a 306 higher lifetime value. Um, to, that they stay with a brand for an average of 5.1 years versus 3.4 years. And they recommend brands at a much higher rates, um, 30.2% versus 7.6%. Um, you know, as, as a result, uh, 65.2% of companies with a loyalty program, they're planning to add experiential uh, rewards, experiential loyalty uh, into their offering because of that, that exponentially higher ROI of an experience-based program. Um, and 77% plan to reward non-transactional behavior. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. And we, we see definitely like Gen Z wanting programs that reward non-transactional behavior. And that gets um, really interesting um, to see how can we, uh, you know, create and reward our biggest fans uh, who are uh, advocating and engaging and participating and, uh, you know, not just sharing our marketing and advertising, but like driving the community that we're trying to create. So, you know, it's, 
the floodgates have opened, man. It, like mm-hmm. all it is now is like your your creativity on on what you can do. Um, the tech is there. Um, the brand building tools are there. Uh, the CX uh, process and frameworks are there. So it's a real it's a real exciting time, I think, in uh, loyalty and and where loyalty is going. Such an exciting time for sure. And and it's really great to be able to uh, go a little bit deeper with you on the subject. I know it's something that you, you've been working a lot on lately and you're, you're right at the, the epicenter of all of it. So uh, thanks for spending a bit of time with us on it. Uh, before we run out of time, I'd love to you know, shift gears a little bit, uh, pardon the pun, sure. and, and talk a little bit about you as a, a mountain biker, which is a, a fun fact about you. And when we got to talking about like, okay, what kind of stuff do you like to, to do off the clock? And how do you spend your time when you're not not doing loyalty and CX and all, all the stuff we do at the office day to day? You mentioned mountain biking. And I, and I got to thinking, like, you live in Northwest Arkansas. Didn't realize <laughs> there was a lot of mountain biking going on. Talk about that as your hobby and how you got into it and, and what, what you enjoy. Yeah. About. Yeah, you know, uh, we moved up to Northwest Arkansas from Austin, Texas, uh, about six years ago, and I didn't think mountain biking was a thing in Northwest Texas or Northwest Arkansas uh, either. But um, actually, uh, we uh, are one of the top two or three mountain bike destinations in North America. Who knew? Uh, the trail building uh, and the terrain uh, of, of this part of the country is actually perfect for mountain biking. Uh, it, it helps that uh, the Walton family lives in Northwest Arkansas, so they've <laughs> been able to uh, uh, really inject uh, a, a very high level uh, of, of trail building. Um, you know, I think the U.S. Olympic team is actually training in Northwest Arkansas. No kidding. So they really put it, yeah, they put it on the map, and uh, it's hard not to get into it. It's like um, it's like living in Vail and not skiing. So uh, everybody's got a mountain bike on the back of their car, huh. and it's pretty it's pretty easy to get sucked into into the lifestyle. So um, yeah, it looks like the rain is kind of done today. So I'm going to try to get out this weekend. So are you a competitive biker? Or is this something you do for just for fun? No. Are, you, are there races? Do people actually, you know, oh, yeah, race in that part races. of the country? For sure. Big time. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not competitive. I, I've got a T-shirt <laughs> that says I got a T-shirt that says dad dads who mountain bike are cooler. And that's, <laughs> that's about all I can do. Uh, it's not to say you're not competitive. You're just not a competitive mountain biker. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh my gosh. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, because I, I, of course, like kind of prepping for the show, I was like, uh, talk to me about some of the, the other things that people might not know about you. And we talked about the mountain biking thing, uh, but then you're like, yeah. oh yeah, this one time um, I toured the country <laughs> with Ludacris. What? Yeah. Tell me about how that came to be. Yeah, well, back in the day, I used to work on the axe business, so spent my time thinking about body spray and shower gel <laughs> and uh, deodorant, and we we uh, ended up um, doing a, a really a really immersive experiential integration with Ludacris, and so I found myself on his bus for two months traveling the country, <laughs> oh, um, which 
you know, we'll we'll have to have a beer and I'll tell you I'll tell you some of the stories. But uh, it was a great, great time to be young and in in this industry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The after show is going to have to have to involve some beers. I got to hear more stories about this that we can't can't have while we're rolling, rolling on the recording. Exactly. But oh, my gosh, how cool was that? And, you know, the crazy thing. It was about, fun. Uh, I was going to say yeah. the things you get to do when you're you're in our space and uh, I, you know, talk to somebody about this, like we get to do this, like it, to be able to be involved in this, this industry, there's just so much, so much awesome stuff happening. And um, I think a story like that's just another, another piece of evidence that when you're in this space, you get to do some really, really fun things with some really cool brands. So um, very Absolutely. cool. And it's, it's just beginning, right? Like, I think we're going to really start to unlock and do some over the top experiences. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited. Still, I'm just as excited now about the industry as I was when I was in my twenties. Amen to that, man. And thank you again for, for spending the time with us. Super interesting conversation as, as expected. And, uh, uh, let's not make this the, the last time we do it. Thanks again for your time. Yeah, you too. And thanks to you all for listening to human centered as well. To learn more about our CX practice and our approach to the work, you can check us out online at vmlyr.com slash CX. We'd also love to hear your feedback on the show. Give us a rating and offer up your thoughts wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and more. Have a topic idea or just want to drop us a line, you can connect with me on Twitter at Nick Brunker, or you can shoot us an email. The email address is humancentered at vmlyr.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.